16 minutes past the hour on Real Presence Live on a Monday morning. We're here at the Church of St. Charles Borromeo in St. Charles, Minnesota. I'm Matt Wilkham, Communications Director for the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and I'm joined by the pastor here of St. Charles Borromeo Church, Father Tim Buren. I got to tell you, Matt, uh, as you walked in this morning, that beautiful smell in this church this morning was that of a mixture of incense and bleach. Okay. Incense I was going to guess hand bleach. sanitizer, but yeah, bleach, that would make yeah. sense. So yeah, and, and of course, that certainly is a different thing that we're doing these days. But of course, uh, I tell people that our churches are probably some of the safest places you can go right now because we wanted to make sure that we would uh, be able to provide that safe experience of celebrating the holy sacrifice of the mass, of uh, being able to come if they need to for counseling. Uh, so we we are still doing everything, and our parishes are still doing everything to you know to the best of our abilities throughout our listening area. So uh, you know uh, it's it's a little frustrating though, Matt. I got to tell you, like I keep running into people that will innocently ask, um, are you open yet? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's frustrating. So what that says to me, however, is that we still need to make sure that we don't rest, um, but that we are continually actively living the mission in the community because there are people that are living in fear and we have to really um, help them understand that, that that fear is not of the Lord and to drive them and encourage them in their faith. So certainly is a challenge. It is, absolutely. And uh, I'm on the COVID-19 task force for our diocese. And, and every week there's uh, an update that we, we can get together over the phone, mostly, and talk about what is going on in the larger culture and the world with COVID-19 and what our response as a diocese should be in this moment. And We've come up with guidelines that uh, hopefully have been helpful to the parishes, but we want to leave as much to the local parish level as possible because we recognize that each parish's situation is different, and they're going to be exercising these guidelines in a, in a different way, each tailored to their own specific situation. So what goes on in Winona or in Rochester is not necessarily exactly what's going to be going on in some of our smaller communities, and that's okay. Absolutely okay. Uh, I do follow uh, different uh, pastors in other dioceses and other states, and I do this to get ideas, uh, encouragement, of course, in my own priestly ministry, but also to see what are they currently doing and how are they living through this time, actively uh, celebrating the faith. Uh, and as an example, like I'll look out to Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, they have a phenomenal um, pastor there that I, in particular, will follow. And just really getting that encouragement that I can also share then locally here, you know, six hours, seven hours away. So it is amazing that um, we in the Catholic Church are not in competition with each other. We need to help each other out to become uh, what we are able to do and, and to be the best that we can be. So any resources we can assist people with and help people with, we certainly do. And in fact, um, we opened our doors safely on Pentecost Sunday weekend, and certainly other churches weren't able to in the area for different reasons. And nevertheless, um, it has been a, a huge blessing to have volunteers come on board to help us with the regular cleaning and making sure that we have our own particular parish task force in place. And what is a, a blessed moment is very humbling having other parishes ask us, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, so we need to work together and to help each other out. Absolutely. I think, Father Buren, you mentioned something about not living in fear. Is that right? Absolutely. And, I mean, I, I believe that's so important now, especially as we're able to gather 
we want to keep people safe as much as possible. And if you have an underlying condition, you've got to weigh that. And there's a certain, however, level of personal responsibility that we all have to recognize that we, we have free will. We have the ability to go to Mass or choose not to right now because the Sunday obligation is still sus- suspended. And you have, that, you have that option not to go. However, as uh, just a fellow Catholic, I recognize that we, we need people to come to Mass. During this pandemic, we need people to courageously come into our churches to offer the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass because the world needs it perhaps now more than ever. Absolutely. And I uh, encountered a couple that is living in fear, you know, and they, a a wonderful couple, young family, uh, they happened to come by the church on Friday evening. I was still here with another event that we had going on. We had our our youth group gathering outside, uh, which we do still on a regular basis. And they had come by to deliver cans. We have a can collection that the money is used for our youth events. So this was a perfect timing. I invited them to come into the church. They have not been inside the church since March. And they seemed a little leery, but I said, you know, nobody's in there. Why didn't you come in, you know? And they put masks on and they walked in and I gave them a tour and showed them exactly what we're doing at this time. And you could just see that fear kind of leave, you know, this this relaxation that took. They were just really tense. I I, I do think that uh, I, I refer to it, Matt, as dipping your toe in the water before you jump in. So here... At our parish, I know other parishes are doing the same thing. There's there's different locations that you can go to participate in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So, for instance, here we have this gathering space that all of the tables and chairs have been removed. So you can find yourself in a spot that is safe to be able to worship inside. And uh, again, I don't discount the reality that there are many people, though, that have those underlying health conditions that they are concerned. I think at the same time, though, fear should not take over those individuals. So again, to trust in the Lord, uh, trust in his namesake of divine physician and healer. Uh, you know, and if we look at things statistically, we're really the faith aspect will lead us through this moment. And as we look back, when we will make it through this moment, we'll see more than ever how Christ has been more, more close than he has ever been before to our hearts, if we allow that to happen. Father Biren, I'm really encouraged by the fact that even though in this country, we continue to break records as far as infections. Uh, as far as testing has been ramped up, we see a d- greater detection of whatever infections might be out there. Probably the only, only the tip of the ice- iceberg as far as how many actual infections are out there. But at the same time, we have seen a consistent decrease in deaths. And that's really encouraging, I think, and a cause for us to maybe not be so fearful. I mean, I, I think just this morning I heard uh, on the previous program on Teresa Tamio's uh, show, driving in here, that there was a, uh, another breakthrough, uh, a good, or at least a good indication that we might have a, yet another treatment uh, on the horizon that has, at least in preliminary results, shown to cut the, the, um, the potential or the need for people to go into in- intensive care be- because of COVID-19. And that's really encouraging. I think as time goes on, we're going to continue to see more and more treatments. Maybe a vaccine, but maybe not. You know, that's the kicker, I think. Maybe we won't have an effective one. There's the chance of that. And then the question is, are we, we can't, we can't, we, can we just sit around and wait for a vaccine and, and continue to live as we are right now? 
or do we have to learn how to live with this virus indefinitely? Certainly a question that really cannot be answered right now by us, obviously, but it's something that, you know, is important for us to discern and, and to think through and to pray through. Uh, one of the avenues that I really, really encourage uh, my people to do, and I'd like to really encourage our listeners to do, is to really um, monitor your online presence. Monitor how much time you are spending on social media uh, and reading different reflections or currently, as I like to say, different you know anger outbursts. Uh, and so certainly uh, social media, Facebook, as an example, is a very polemic place right now. And people from the comfort of their computer are able to post things that they would never say to another human being in their presence. And so what is happening is that fear then is being turned inward and then it's manifesting itself as anger, um, as shame. And remember, these are all instruments of the evil one that is trying to uh, infiltrate uh, all of our hearts at this time. Now, granted, Jesus, Matt, Jesus had justified anger. We see that, of course, in the temple. There's that justified anger. But the anger that's really happening right now that we're seeing uh, in the online presence is not justified anger. It is, it, it, it is a danger to the health of people. Uh, you know, so can I give an example? Absolutely. So, when you drive here to St. Charles, there's a unique vehicle that you'll see on our road. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. It is four wheels, usually wooden. There is something that's driving the force behind it, and it's not an engine. It is a horse. We are an Amish community, so we have ah. about 300 families here in the St. Charles area alone. Uh, going down further into southeast Minnesota, uh, Preston, um, Mabel, Canton, uh, Spring Valley now has a, a settlement. And what's interesting is they are not living in fear. They do not have the, the, the modes of, of communication that we have today. They don't have, the, they don't have TV. They don't have internet access. Uh, they don't have all of these avenues to get information just like that. Uh, and so they're just joyful. It's amazing. They have not a care in the world, and they're faithful. They have Sunday's their favorite day. They do not work at all on Sunday, and they gather in homes for worship. So, you know, it's amazing just to watch them from a distance and to see, you know what, they actually got this figured out. They, they are an incredible witness. I actually went this past weekend, I was visiting my parents, my wife and I, we were going to the store, and we were coming out, we saw a sign for bake sale a few miles down the road. And so we thought, hey, let's go check it out. And so we pull into this country place, and it's clear that either they're Amish or Mennonite. Uh, but anyway, the, we went in there, and just a delightful experience. They had all of these items that they grew in their greenhouse available for sale. And I, didn't, I wasn't even looking at the prices on the board. I didn't even notice that. And so we just started putting stuff on the table to buy some cakes and cookies as well. And, uh, and I thought, well, this is probably going to be you know, at least 15, maybe 20 bucks. It was five bucks, Father Baron. <laughs> I, can't, I, could, I was ready to jump up and, 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 uh, and yell, yippee. And, and I, it was a screaming deal. But when we left, I could see the children of this family looking out from the window from inside there. And they were just captivated by our presence. You know, such a different world, perhaps, than the one that they're growing up in. But uh, they, their attention was clearly not 
short. I mean, they were focused uh, on us being there. They weren't occupied with electronics or anything else. They weren't on the internet. They were focused on the presence of other human beings. And I thought that was delightful. That was a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful uh, illustration that you have given to us, Matt, because that childlike attitude is really what we need to be about, childlike childlike because we are all beloved sons and beloved daughters of a heavenly father who calls us by name, who loves us so much, who is trying to encourage us at this time, not childish. There's a difference. There's a difference between being childlike and childish. And again, if we're being childish during this time, uh, certainly we are going to not only affect our own particular uh, spirit dwelling within us, but also the spirit of other people that we encounter, whether it is online or in person. And so that innocence of those Amish or Mennonite as an example that don't have that that ability to uh, stay in tune, if you will, uh, they certainly can give us uh, that hope that we can also live in this simplistic life without having to be um, discouraged. But there is a source of information that does give us hope, and that is being tuned in here. It's being tuned into Real Presence Live. It's, it's continuing on after with our programming. And you mentioned Teresa Tamio before. I love listening to Teresa. She is just, she just, every topic that she expresses, and I'm actually currently with couples. I'm meeting with them for the Sacrament of Marriage. There's a video segment that she is on that we are watching, and she hits it over the head to all of my couples and says it even better than I can because she is married, she's living the sacrament, and she's able to tell them the importance of attending Mass as a couple and why this is important. It's not just about the obligation, but it's the graces that come by attending. And we heard that earlier uh, in our program, of course, as well. And so, you know, and, and I just love how all of this ties together. So uh, it's, it's a blessing to see how we have these avenues. So Real Presence Radio uh, in your listening area has so many different topics that are encouraging and giving us hope at this time. Uh, certainly none of the programming is shaming. None of the programming is anger. None of the programming is fear. It's all faith-based. And we're offering factual information as well. You know, the faith and science is not opposed to each other. We're not trying to sugarcoat anything here. We're not trying to say, oh, this COVID-19 thing is a hoax. We're not trying to say anything like that. What we are trying to say is let's have some balance. And if you feel like you can't go out of your house right now because of this pandemic, because of uh, maybe some underlying health issues, we understand that. At the same time, it's good to pray about that and to bring that to the Lord and say, where is this really coming from? Is it just a a concern over, is is it a valid concern over my health or the health of others, or is there something more? Is the, is the evil one working here where you really should have no, no room at all because I'm a beloved daughter or son of God and I should not be living in, in fear? And I'm not living for this world either. And one of the frustrating things for me, Father, is that throughout this whole pandemic, it seems like so many people sometimes at least act like COVID-19 is the only thing that can kill us. And that's frustrating for me because it, it, it limits my freedom as well and think to things that I feel like I should be able to do that I can't right now. I, I want to travel internationally, but I can't. Why? Not necessarily because there's so many people dying. There are people dying still, but not like, the, like it was a few weeks ago. 
it's a, it's a lot of fear still. And it's uh, a lot of, uh, I think in some cases, manipulation and politicians trying to cover themselves, knowing that, well, maybe we messed up earlier in, in restricting people too much. I think we saw evidence of that and continue to in social unrest as well. You talk about some of the ways this anger comes out sideways. I think the tearing down of statues and trying to uh, rid the, the, the society of, uh, of its history is just a, a, a weird way, a sideways kind of way that this anger is coming out. Absolutely. You know, uh, my fear, are they going to go to Egypt and start ripping down the pyramids because right. slaves built them? I mean, this is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. We got to be careful that, you know, uh, now granted, you know, there are certain, you know, images and whatnot that are in question, but we got to be very careful that it's not a knee-jerk reaction. And what we've noticed during this time is that there are a lot of knee-jerk reactions. I Pulled out onto the road here from the church. The unfortunate part about the church in the country here is that we are on a brow of a hill. And so, therefore, if you're making a left-hand turn onto dangerous Highway 14, uh, it's, it's, you can't see what's coming over the hill. So you have to gun it. And I gunned it, but there was obviously a car that was traveling a lot faster than the speed limit. And they very much were aggressive. And what they did to me, I pulled over out of, you know, out of courtesy and the hand gestures and the anger that was uh, seen from them was just, I was embarrassed for them, you know, and I myself then got very angry. You see what happened there? Right. Uh, You know, and, and this is, uh, you know, there's that little window that the evil one is looking for a way in. And I had to be very careful. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And, you know, it's, it's out there. And so we have to be very vigilant. Right. And I think as far as, far as tearing down images or statues, I think, well, with anything, before tearing something down, it's always a good idea to take the time to research why was it put up in the first place. That's all, that's all i got to say about that, Father. And I think that's a good thing. And I'm uh, Father Tim Beer, and along with Matt Wilkham here, you're listening to Real Presence Live here. Beautiful, sunny day, St. Charles Borromeo Catholic Church, located in St. Charles, Minnesota, southeast Minnesota. We're right on the cusp of the Whitewater State Park. There's tons of people going there, but there's tons of people listening today here with us. So yeah. stay tuned. We have more coming up next. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about uh, you know Whitewater State Park. I'm sure there's a lot of people riding bikes out there right now, Father Baron. You can't go to a store right now and find a bike. <laughs> I think this, this pandemic has pushed people uh, in that direction, which is great. And we're going to be talking next with someone who is a, a knight of Columbus, I believe, who is uh, going to be on a bike and for a very good cause. And uh, this is Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham along with Father Tim Buren. More Real Presence Live next. 